What's up guys, welcome back to Created. I'm your host and dude with every vowel in his last name, John Yushai. On today's episode, I'm gonna be answering questions that you submitted about what's the future of Instagram with so many people claiming that it's quote unquote dead and whether or not that dip in views you're seeing right now is temporary. I got an answer that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about, so we'll get into that. I'll also be talking about what are the best ways and specific prompts that you could put into ChatGPT everybody's new favorite darling AI software to use it specifically as a creator. And lastly, I'll be answering your questions about when is the right time to leave a job to become a creator. If you're new here, I used to work at YouTube and Instagram for eight years. And usually on this show, I interview guests like Logan Paul and Paris Hilton, but this segment is called Creator Office Hours. I've hosted these Creator Office Hours on IG Live, on Clubhouse, on YouTube, and I just thought I'd bring it over to this podcast because I'll be investing a lot more in audio only over the course of this year. And I just want to answer more of the questions that I haven't been able to get to. So if you've been submitting these on my LinkedIn, in my Instagram, literally in my DMs, or anywhere you could find me online, thank you. I hope to get to you and get to know you this year. All right, let's get into this episode of Created. All right, first question. Why are my views on IG stories and reels like half of what they were just the other month? This is the final nail in the coffin that IG is officially dead and I should be focusing elsewhere. Would love to hear your thoughts as someone who worked there. Good question. I'm going to tackle the first part of what's going on with my views on Instagram and then I'm going to get into the second part about is Instagram dying? What's the future of Instagram? Okay, so first off, you submitted this question in December. And here's one thing to know about Instagram that is actually directly opposed to YouTube. And it's something I realized after working in both places that I think a lot of people just bluntly say something that applies to all platforms when really it's a Swiss army knife. There's something going on on Instagram that's not on YouTube. On Instagram, you have yourself, a creator, a brand or advertiser, and you have friends and family. On most other platforms, especially YouTube, you don't have your friends and family posting. And at what time of the year do friends and family post the most? End of November and during the month of December, during the holidays. In fact, at any time during a holiday weekend, one of the things I always, always amazed to see when I was at Instagram is just how much the posting activity, especially on feed and stories, would go up from friends and family accounts during that time. And what that means for you as a creator is that you're going to have more competition for your posts to be seen amongst those friends and family posts to your viewers, right? And so a lot of people say when it comes to your best videos, put them out at the end of the year. But really that advice mostly applies on YouTube where because it's a creator platform, there's not a lot of friends and family. Like think about your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, they probably don't have a YouTube account but they most probably have an Instagram. So ad rates are usually higher at the end of the year on YouTube because brands are competing with one another. They're trying to put out more campaigns. They want to advertise on YouTube. So you're the beneficiary of that. But unless you have brand deals to fulfill, or let's say you have a merch drop that's happening at the end of the year on Instagram, all the creators I work with, I always advise them to save your best stuff in the beginning of the following year for January, February, and all the months afterwards where you're not going to have as much competition from friends and family. And by the way, do not post some of your best stuff or announcements or the beginning of a series that you want to launch during holiday weekends. Just think about it this way. If there are times when your friends and family, and I say this in aggregate, when friends and family accounts are posting more on Instagram, it's probably not the best time to be posting as a creator. And now to the second part of your question of is Instagram dying? I, I know so many people have been saying this ever since the Kardashians said, hey, I want to just go back to the Instagram that I knew that was friends and family. 
they said cute photos from their friends, I believe was the post that Kim and Kylie made on their stories. They reposted a petition. Listen, Instagram is not dying. It is transitioning. We have to remember Instagram for many, many years, its feed was just from content from accounts that you followed versus YouTube and TikTok have been from accounts you didn't follow, but it was recommending it to you because it assumed that you liked it based on your past activity, right? And it's very, very hard for a platform like Instagram or Facebook to go from, hey, we think you're going to like this post because your friends like it or your friends are commenting on it to, hey, forget about your friends for the most part. We'll factor that in. But just based on you, your past, your behavior, this is what we think you're going to like. So obviously, it's not going to be great. The recommendations are not going to be great on Instagram to start. But what would you rather have is what I tell people that, that ask me, John, is, is Instagram dying? I'd say, would you rather have Instagram trying to transition to become a platform where they show you stuff based on recommendations, which by the way, is a much better model and platform to grow new accounts because there's matchmaking. The Instagram algorithm is showing you something that it thinks you may like, but it's from an account you don't follow versus what it was doing over the past eight years, which was, I'm going to show you something from somebody you already follow, right? And I'll still show you stuff from people you follow, but it has to be good. It has to be getting good engagement. And then we're going to blast it out to many more people, like is the case on YouTube and TikTok. And so I think we don't have enough patience with a lot of these platforms because there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of people with big followings that are saying, hey, I'm not reaching my following. What's going on, Instagram? What's going on, Adam Masseri? But in reality, I think it's a good move. And TikTok and YouTube are just much further ahead, right? They built their entire algorithms based on recommendation. So I don't think Instagram is dying. I still think it's a great place to invest. I mean, we could go on and on. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And if you guys have more questions about Instagram versus YouTube versus TikTok, we could go even deeper. But I'd say don't sleep on Instagram, especially if, you know, the hammer comes down in Washington, D.C. and TikTok gets banned, which, you know, seems more and more likely, or at least there may be a change that maybe if you're not investing in Instagram and YouTube, you're going to be sorry that you didn't diversify. So good question. All right. Next question reads, I'm a copywriter at an ad agency who also has a YouTube channel on the side with 3K subs. And I'm seeing all this craze about ChatGPT. And honestly, I feel like I'm about to lose my job. What do you think? And are there ways I could use ChatGPT to my advantage? First off, congrats on getting 3,000 subscribers while working a full-time job. And that is not easy. I admire your hustle. I've been in your shoes. And I want to say this. So a lot of people are talking about ChatGPT nowadays, which if you're not familiar, is this AI tool built by a company called OpenAI that also has other AI tools like DALI, which helps generate visuals based on text-based prompts. It's a really revolutionary piece of technology. And a lot of people have been trying ChatGPT, which essentially you type in something like you would Google, except it gives you a full-fledged answer that you know, still in its early stages, but it's really impressive. And and I get where you're coming from as a copywriter. It like does spew out scripts. But here's my take on this. My prediction is that ChatGPT and other AI software in the next two to three years, so short term, will solve something that I'm coining and calling the Chipotle law of content. And let me explain. See, the hardest part of creating is starting. It's that moment that you're like, what should I do? You're looking at the blank page or the cursor is blinking. And it reminds me a lot of that moment where you ask your friends, you're all sitting around the table and you're like, hey, where should we go eat? 
and nobody knows. You get you get blank stares, just like that cursor. And when that happens, I try this approach. I just like to say, hey guys, let's let's go to Chipotle. And then suddenly it's like something in the air changes and everyone has better suggestions. Like, no, 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 John. We cannot resort to Chipotle. It's not it's not that it's horrible, but it's just not the best option, right? Is what they'll tell you. So inevitably you come up with a better option. You go to somewhere else, you eat somewhere better. And that same law, this Chipotle law, I think applies to content. Except ChatGPT and AI tools blurt out an initial idea, a script based on your prompt. And is it great? No. But is it better than nothing? Absolutely. So I think a few things to answer your question. One, I think these tools have to be used in the frame of a Chipotle law. They, they can be a thought starter, a way to get started. But are they going to replace your job as a copywriter today? No, it's a good first draft, okay at best, but I find editing a rough draft is much easier than starting a first draft. And I think about it, like how many great ideas have you had that you even get started because it's so overwhelming to put pen to paper. And so I wouldn't worry about it today. In fact, I think the fact you're asking this question implies that there's a self-awareness and I would try to use the tool to your advantage, both as a creator and as a copywriter. So in your side hustle as well as your main hustle. And if you're asking for questions or, or ways to basically get the best out of chat GPT, like what prompts, here's a few that I came across I thought were interesting. So you could type in something like literally like verbatim, generate 10 ideas and then in brackets, write superlative plus bracket, YouTube algorithm and bracket plus mystery of uncertainty and bracket and then minus the word the. I'll try to put this in the show notes down below and I want to give credit to I'm going to look this up. I found this on Twitter. It did not come from me. It came from somebody else. So I'll make sure to give them credit in the show notes. But do you see how specific of a prompt that is? Most people are not using ChatGPT like that today, right? They're just typing something in and hoping something gets blurted out. And I think the people that are going to get the furthest is one, the ones who are typing in prompts like that. Two, the ones who educate others about how to put in prompts like that. And then three, the people who use those prompts to elevate their work in the second, third, fourth draft form rather than being stuck on a first draft. Okay, third question. I'm getting close to quitting my job. I was curious, what's a good way or a good milestone to determine if I should actually leave? Is it when I hit 100,000 subs on YouTube? Okay, this question hits so close to home because it's something I thought about constantly during my eight years at YouTube and Instagram. And it's something that I actually asked top YouTubers today, like Peter McKinnon, who has over 5.8 million subs, Matt Pat, who has multiple channels with over 10 million subs each, Mark Rober, who has, what is it, 20 million subs now and gets millions of views on each video, and, and many other creators who you could listen, in, listen to their interviews on my channel, or I'm about to publish their interviews. And it's something that I ask, because I think it's a lot it's a lot of people who want to go from corporate to creator and they don't have a framework or way to think about it. And as someone who has really lived through that, here, here's what I'd say. And I love acronyms, so take this with a grain of salt. But I'd say think about C. S-E-A. The S stands for savings. The E stands for experience. And the A stands for access. And I want to break down what each of those different points mean what that has to do with your decision-making process. Because I, I don't think it's, hey, I'm going to hit 100,000 subs and I'm going to quit. I think it has to do with those three more than anything. So let's talk about S, savings. Okay, listen, being a creator today is more expensive than ever. It's just the truth. If you want to level up and make more 
quality content or if you want to level up and make a higher quantity of your existing content. So what I'd say before leaving your job is start putting aside a certain sum of money. And before you leave, try hiring a freelancer to help you make your content as long as none of this is a conflict of interest. That's a big caveat here. Try hiring somebody and just get an understanding of what does one video cost on your main channel? Is that your YouTube channel? Are we talking about YouTube short? Is it long form? What's your format? Get, you don't have to have it figured out, but you have to have an idea. You have to figure out costs, right? And then once you have that idea of like, all right, here's what one video will cost. Try to think about as best as you can before you make the jump. How many videos am I going to put out over the next six to eight months? How much does each of those videos cost now that I know, right? Now that I've done it before I took the leap. Okay. All right. And then how much money from that? It's a simple multiplication at that point. That video's cost times how many times you want to post a video over the next six to eight months. How many, how many, how much money do you have to save and put aside to produce that content? And then add maybe 25% on top of that, right? Based on any overhead, rainy day funds, like you just want to, you just want to be good and dedicate that as like a production fund for you to just jump into the creator world, not as an amateur, but as a professional, right? So think about the S savings, the E experience. So in addition to accumulating savings before you take the jump, the other thing I think you need to gather and get is experience. I had this great interview with Jordan Matter, who is the oldest YouTuber with over 10 million subscribers, individual YouTuber. And he said this really interesting thing that he was like, you know what? I already had tons of experience in my life as a headshot photographer is how he started. Then I just needed to figure out a way to make my skill, my experience entertaining. So I, I'd say to you is, and I get this a lot from like younger people, like people who are maybe one, two years out of college or still in college. I'm like, do you have something that you've experienced or do you have a skill that you could talk about or make entertaining on camera? Maybe you're a cook and you're like, you know what? I've been at this cooking school. I've worked at this restaurant and I feel like I'm good enough at my craft that I can make my, my, my tutorial videos entertaining. Because if you're going to try to learn how to do something and make it entertaining, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill battle. And I'd say why not learn on someone else's dime and then figure out, okay, I have this skill and I'm gonna figure out how to make it entertaining. You, you know, that's what I did. I was like, there's more room in this creator economy discussion before it was even called that for somebody who has worked at this company to talk without needing to go through a PR or comms team. Just talk freely like I am right now. But I need to have more experience and skills and be able to work with more companies, brands, celebrities to do that before I launch. And then I got to figure out how to make it entertaining, how to think about retention, all those things. Peter McKinnon had another example where he said, I'm, I'm going to go work at a camera shop. And he had an internship at a camera store before he ended up becoming one of the best known voices, YouTubers, for photography and camera tutorials. So again, he learned on somebody else's dime, accumulated that E, that experience in our C acronym, and that helped in his journey. And Going back to the last part, the A, access. Is there any part of your job in terms of access, getting to know people, connecting with people that could help in your career as a creator? For me, my first few texts when I left my job at Instagram was I texted Jake Paul and I texted Logan Paul, who I'd met during my time at YouTube. I'm like, hey guys, can I interview you? And I, it took a big leap. I, I, I went to Puerto Rico, again, going back to the S, the savings, I used just, I'll tell this story another time, but I used a lot of my savings to go buy tickets to Puerto Rico with a 
four person crew and, and we got those interviews. There's tons of other people I met during my time at YouTube that are just coming out of the work now or I'm reaching back out to. And I, I feel like I could have gotten started earlier as a creator, but I probably wouldn't have the access that I do today. So I asked the question to you of like, are there certain people, are there certain connections that you could build in the current role that you have? Be kind, be gracious, be generous, and see where that goes when you try to just go all in on your own dream. So I think about SEA in terms of how can you build up your savings, your experience, and your access, not so much these more vanity metrics of 10K or 100K subs, though I think that's a good aftermath of like, hey, I hit this SEA goals. I, I, I need to get this much savings. I need to get this much experience. I think I got this much access. Oh, and I'm across 10K. I'm across 100K. I think now is a good time. All right, that's all for this episode of Created. If you guys have a question for my next Office Hours episode, make sure to DM me on Instagram at Ushai or go to my YouTube channel or LinkedIn, wherever you can find me on social. I'll see you guys on the next episode.